The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel! Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. So the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. It was also because they heard that he had performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. The Pharisees then said to one another, You see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Good morning. It is honored to be here as we celebrate this Palm Sunday and we begin in our faith what we call Holy Week. Parades are a tradition that brings us a dose of nostalgia throughout the year. While ancient cities often had special elaborately constructed streets whose primary function was to provide a place for processions. It was the earliest reference to a parade was found in a cave paintings dating back 10,000 years. Many types of parades have emerged since those cave dwellers as early as 3000 BC. Religious processions were one of those forms. The other was military. Troops were paraded in front of people to show off the men before they went to battle. They used it to practice maneuvers, and they also used it to exhibit prisoners and success after a campaign. Today, we celebrate Palm Sunday. We start with a parade of the coming king. The book of John, the 12th chapter, and the, through the 12th and 9th verse gives us a triumphant entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem. But that wasn't, this wasn't your run-of-the-mill parade. It was one foretold in the Old Testament, the book of Zechariah, chapter 9 and verse 9, and it reads, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. Beloved, some 400 years before this time, Jesus' entrance was prophesied and now coming to pass. The Bible tells us that when Jesus looked upon Jerusalem, he began to weep. For he knew that they wouldn't understand what he would be coming to do. 
They would reject what he was bringing to them because they were so focused on being set free from the powers of the government that they would not see that he was coming to save them, us, from ourselves and from themselves. He wanted to save their souls. He wanted to empower them to love their enemies, to overcome this world just as he has overcome the world. He wanted a relationship, just like he wanted a relationship with you and me. Today we kick off what is known in the faith as Holy Week, with events remembering the last days and hours of Jesus among us. During this time in Jerusalem, there would have been many people in the town, those from near and far, coming to the festival to partake in the activities of the Passover. Passover was one of the significant Jewish pilgrimages during this time. There would have been an increase in the number of people descending on the town, which in turn was a great thing, amen. It was, it was wonderful. But those Roman officials were high on alert because having this many Jews and this many people in one place was a lot to handle and a lot to take in. And they couldn't control everyone like they wanted. All those who came were there in anticipation of the coming king. Can you feel it in the room, the anticipation of the coming king? We've heard all these great things. Oh my, this great king is coming and he's, he's going to be great. They've heard this before. They came because they heard this man had healed the sick. He has given sight to the blind. And even those who were there with him who witnessed the rising of Lazarus from the grave, they all wanted to partake in who this man was. Some of the Jews there also came because Generations past, this was the promise of the Davianic king entering Jerusalem. The Bible tells us that Jesus came in on a lowly donkey, not the mighty stallion one would be expecting of, of a king to be celebrated. Yet palm leaves were a symbol during that time of victory and triumph. So it made sense that when Jesus rode in, he would, be, he would do so on a street paved with the branches of palms. Because, beloved, if you believe it or not, victory was coming and riding in to save the day. With voices raised, the crowd exclaimed, Hosanna! Hosanna! Palm trees waving. Hosanna uh, means to save. Come and save us, O King. Because their hero was on the way, yet again, they didn't realize that he wasn't coming to save them in the ways in which they were expecting nor wanting. What you want is not always what you need. Beloved, we learn in this story that people wanted to be set free. They wanted to be set free from the powers of the government that had been mistreating them and holding them and keeping them in oppressive situations. They, they, they wanted to be free from the very people who would not listen to their needs and listen to their concerns. They wanted to be set free from the enemy. They, they wanted the easy life. What Jesus was bringing was, was just that. But it, but it was coming in a way that they were not expecting. It was from the inside out. 
And it came to save them from themselves, to free them from sin. But they rejected that because, like many of us, it's hard to see our needs when what's in front of us tells us what we want. Can I get a witness in here this morning? What I find interesting uh, in, in, this same, in the same people who would be exclaiming, Jesus, Hosanna, the king is here, where later in the week find out would be the same people yelling, crucify him. Can someone say black parade? As Jesus entered the crowd, as Jesus entered the crowd, began to shout and celebrate and give him praise, honor and glory. Yes, that he was due. What they didn't know was that their king uh, did come. He came to save them. He came to set them free. He came to show them how to be better human beings, how to treat all with love and respect and how to serve God in spirit and in truth. What was happening in this moment, no one saw coming. And if you went on to read in the text, and I pray that you will, even the Greeks, those of the foreigners, those of not even of that land who came to the festival, sought out some time. I want to see this Jesus. Who is this man that we've heard so much about? They wanted to lay eyes on the one that they heard had done all of these miraculous things. So much so that even the Bible tells us that the Pharisees begin to ask Jesus, hey, man, can you, can you please calm them down? They're very too unruly. They're, they're getting too high. It's something going on. We need to shut them down. And I love uh, Jesus' response. Because what Jesus says next lets us know that no matter who or what is going on, no matter what or who tries to stop our praise and glory to him, there will always be something to give him praise. Don't let the rocks cry out for you. Luke 19 and 40 tells us Jesus has a reply for the Pharisees. He says, I tell you, he says, I replied, if they kept quiet, the stones would cry out for me. Beloved, all creation will point to his power and his authority, so I won't tell them to be quiet. They, they have the right to do so, and they, they do it so God will be glorified. We all have something to give God praise for, amen. He woke you up this morning. He started you on your way put food on your table and clothes on your back. I know you've heard that saying growing up in your lifetime. Beloved, what we learn from this interaction with Jesus and the people again, the very people who were later in the week again give him up to be murdered. He still loved them with all his heart. He wanted the best, just like he wants the same for us. What he was giving them like he is giving us is a relationship with the one who can forgive your sins, make you clean on the inside, creating you a new heart. Might our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ this week lead us to worship him and proclaim that we all have a place when we accept him as our Lord and our Savior. So church, as I close, I pray that each one of us will take the time this week and think about the life of Jesus and what that truly means to you. And not only that, but that we think back to this day, those 2,000 plus years ago, when they welcomed him in with open arms, 
and how that didn't last too long, unfortunately. I pray we all focus on our needs and not our wants. But don't get me wrong, it's not bad to have wishes and desires. But we can't let the enemy convince us that our desires have more say than what Jesus has for us. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we celebrate you today. We celebrate your triumphant entrance into our hearts. We celebrate your triumphant entrance into giving us what we need and not what we want. For setting us free from ourselves, for forgiving us of our sins, for loving on us even in times when we don't love ourselves. God, we just say thank you. Thank you because uh, you came in riding so low, yet you were so high. You came in riding so low, yet your mighty power was shining so bright. And we say thank you. Be with us, O oh God, as we remember this week, this, this holy week of your life, the last moments of your life on earth, that we remember your sacrifice, that we remember that it was for us, that we remember that you came to set us free, that we remember that you did it again just for us. And so, God, again, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, amen. amen.